This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. Florida is home to more than 4,000 Florida black bears. They primarily live in large wild spaces, but as the state's population grows and development encroaches more and more on those large wild spaces, human-bear interactions are becoming more common. With fall approaching, Florida black bears are more likely to be traveling and searching for food, so state wildlife officials are trying to get the word out about ways to protect both bears and people by securing garbage and other things that could attract bears to yards and neighborhoods. We get some bear-wise tips today and learn about bear behavior in Florida from a bear biologist who's assistant bear program coordinator with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. I spoke with him last week. Let's hear that now. Mike Orlando is a bear biologist with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's Bear Management Program. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. Have you ever had a close encounter with a bear here in southwest Florida? Have you lived here for years but didn't even know we shared this place with bears? We want to hear your bear stories and see your bear pictures. Find the post for this show on WGCU social media. Find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. And on Twitter, we're at WGCU using the hashtag GCL. So I knew we had bears in Florida. I was not aware until researching for this conversation that it's only the Florida black bear. That's the only bear that lives here. That's correct? Yeah, correct. So we have three bears in North America, polar bears, brown bears, and black bears. And in black bears, um, we have, you know, the American black bear. And, but there are 16 subspecies of black bears, and we have one of them. It's Ursus americanus floridanus. It's a Florida black bear. What makes it distinctive from the other black bears? Like what is the, you know, the Florida aspect of it? Is it are they smaller? Are they different somehow? Oh, um, so there's a, a little bit of a morphological difference. So their skulls, just a little bit different size. Their behavior is just a little bit different. Um, but two big misconceptions that we try to talk about all the time is, uh, is one about their size. We have extremely large bears here in Florida. In fact, our largest documented bear is 760 pounds. Mm. Uh, comes from the central part of the state. So very big bears, um, unlike our deer, which, uh, you know, admittedly are smaller uh, than northern deer. But um, and then we do have bears that hibernate. So all of our bears hibernate, especially if it's a pregnant female. It's part of the process of, of hibernation. They have to give birth during the wintertime. But our big males, which makes them a little bit different, don't necessarily have to hibernate like they do up north. So if they're finding some food whether it's natural or artificial, right, like a garbage can or something, they take sort of more short periods of naps through the winter. And so that does make them behaviorally a little bit different than bears in, in other uh, parts of the country. And, and of course, genetics, we, you know, our bears are just slightly genetically different than the other bears, which makes them the subspecies. When bears in Florida hibernate, where do they go? And just clarify for me, because I think I've recently read that hibernation doesn't necessarily mean sleeping for three months. Can you just clarify that? Yeah. So um, there's some debate. It's been a long debate whether bears are true hibernators or carnivorous lethargy hibernators. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, debate about it. Um, What we can tell you is that They will go to sleep for the wintertime, and it's not necessarily about cold weather. It's about food availability, right? So if you're in a northern state where there's six inches of snow on the ground, bear's strategy is to go to sleep in a nice warm tree or rocky outcropping or, you know, in some dense brush and sleep through the shortage of food. Same thing goes on down here, um, except we usually have some food available throughout the wintertime, and 
they can find it. So like I said, the big males may stay up or females with yearlings may stay up a little bit longer. But most of the time, they're just trying to find a nice enclosed patch of uh, forest, you know, saw palmetto, and they'll build a nest on the ground like a giant bird's nest, really. You'll pull in a bunch of uh, leaves and stuff, and then they'll just curl up in a ball and go to sleep there for uh, a few months. And, and females will hibernate basically starting at the end of December. They actually give pregnant females will give birth um, sometime around February 1st. And then they will emerge from the den um, sometime, you know, early April, mid-April. And so it's actually part of the, the birthing process. They have, to, they have to go through the hibernation process to give birth. Hmm. Um, where in Florida do most of them live? So the big chunks of public lands are the primary, you know, um, strongholds for bears. So for down there, you know, it would be big cypress and all the surrounding forested lands. Bears are pretty much forest obligates. So they like to stay where there are trees. Um, so the Everglades, bears will move out into the Everglades, but, you know, they'll kind of go from one little, he- uh, you know, island to the next to stay in the cover. But uh, most of the time, that's going to be our stronghold where most of our bears are is in the uh, big tracts of, uh, in Florida, you know, usually public lands like Big Cypress. How good of a handle do wildlife biologists have on the total population? Well, we actually have in Florida, we are very fortunate. Um, our research team uh, has a really good handle on how many bears. Uh, we think there are just over a thousand bears actually in South Florida in the Big Cypress population. Um, statewide, there's just over 4,000 uh, bears, you know, uh, throughout the entire state. And uh, you know, we we actually have a pretty clever way of collecting the uh, the estimate where we we put up barbed wire corrals out in the forest, so just a couple of strands of barbed wire. And we put some bait in the center or a lure and attractant. And the bears will crawl through the barbed wire and a little tuft of hair will, will be pulled um, off their back or their stomach. And uh, we go around and we collect that hair and we send it to a geneticist. And the geneticist will test the hair follicle for DNA. And we can actually do a, uh, uh, a capture and mark recapture based on their, their hair, their follicles in their hair. And so we'd run some statistics, and we have a really good handle on how many bears are, are in the state. So you're able to collect um, DNA and actually know that it's a certain bear has come back through? Yeah, absolutely. So every bear has a distinct, um, you know, their own DNA. And um, once we capture that bear in the first uh, genetic capture where we, we find their hair, um, every time they go through that fence, from then on, we know that that bear crossed through that fence, you know, X amount of times because uh, we've genetically captured them. So, and then of course, if there's multiple bears, let's say there's 10 bears going through that fence, we know that 10 bears went through the fence and how many times each one of those bears was genetically captured. And so there's some statistical models that uh, we you know, run those data through and uh, comes up with a really good uh, population estimate. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, are any of them collared like the panthers? Yeah, so we have our projects, uh, research projects going on throughout the state. They just wrapped up um, a, a project in Apalachicola. So the interesting demographics going on up there. And currently, we actually have a, um, a research project going on in Big Cypress. So they're actively collaring, catching and collaring bears down there in Big Cypress. How is their population doing overall? Is it, is it stable? Is it shrinking? Is it growing? Uh, we have we have a, a pretty robust population. So our 
we are um, very fortunate that our population is on the increase pretty much in all of our populations and subpopulations throughout the state. So our bear population itself is doing fantastic. They are increasing uh, every single year. Of course, what comes along with that is the human bear conflict, right? So more people we have, I think we have like 21 million people in the state. Um, and now we have over 4,000 bears in the state. And that's where, you know, the, the management part comes in is trying to keep people and bears from running into each other and having conflict. We'll talk about some of those steps people can take to minimize those risks, but I just wanted to ask, um, with panthers, they require very large tracts of land, so in some ways their population is limited by how much land is available. Is that a, is there an analogy to bears there? There is. Bears have, like a male bear has about a 60 square mile home range, and females have a, a smaller home range, about 15 square miles, but uh, they are pretty adaptable. So they can uh, move from uh, one place to another. And of course, our population ranges throughout the entire state, where panther population is mostly situated in South Florida down there in the Big Cypress area. So, you know, bears are pretty adaptable and flexible and where they can live and move across the landscape. I think panthers um, also can you know move across the landscape pretty well but in general uh bears are bears are a lot more um, capable of sort of living you know in less desirable uh conditions than panthers probably are are they aggressive i know you know you should always be careful with any big animal but are they by nature timid or aggressive when you know presented with human contact yeah so in in general a wild black bear um is usually going to run every single time they you know black bears are uh, the, the, what we consider like the flight species, right? So when they're confronted uh, with conflict, a wild bear usually runs the opposite direction. Like I said, they're forest obligate, so uh, they can disappear into uh, the brush really quickly. Um, and, you know, they could climb trees extremely fast. So street, trees are their uh, safety net. Um, you know, if they get confronted by a person, usually you'll see them climb a tree or run away. Now, it does get a little bit more complicated when, uh, you know, bears start finding food around houses or actually being hand fed by people, that wild part sort of goes away and then they don't um, flee or run as much as a, a normal wild bear would do. And, and, and the answer is every, any, any wild animal uh, should be treated with a high degree of respect, no matter if it's a squirrel or a bear, you know, anything can be you know, dangerous is putting the right scenario or situation. So we want people to respect bears. We don't people. We don't want people to fear bears. Uh, we want them to be excited when they see them. Um, you know, take a picture from a distance, that sort of thing. But we really need them to, you know, have more respect than fear for bears. Any any animal could be dangerous, obviously. What do they eat naturally when they're not trying to get their hands on, you know, pet food or garbage or human food, etc. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So um, they're uh, omnivores. So about 80 percent of their diet is uh, plant based. So they're going to be eating berries. And, uh, you know, so, for example, uh, salt palmetto berries are a main uh, food item for bears. Sable palm berries, uh, obviously acorns are, are big. Um, you know, all the summer foods, blueberries and gallberries and, you know, persimmons and all these things are going to be part of their diet. But they do about you know, 20% of their diet is meat-based. Most of that meat, though, is insects, like colonizing ants and wasps and 
uh, things like that. But about 4% of their meat diet is going to be things like armadillos, possums, you know, small animals that they can usually catch. So generally they're, it's, uh, you know, an array. If an armadillo walks out in front of a bear in the forest, uh, yes, they may eat it. So they'll, they'll, they're opportunistic. I'm talking with Mike Orlando. He's a bear biologist with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's Bear Management Program. We're talking about bears in South Florida. Fall will be here soon, and that means Florida black bears are out and about more searching for food. And with increased development, bear encounters are becoming more common. To engage with the show, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. And on Twitter, we're at WGCU using the hashtag GCL. So I know especially down here, in like Collier County on the eastern side, there's a lot of new development. There's more bear encounters. So what are you trying to get the word out about in terms of people who are living in places where bears are wandering through the neighborhood? What are the things they should be not doing in order to discourage bears? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, this is a really important um, part that the general public needs to help us with. So first things first, we're always going to have wild animals, you know, living alongside of people in the state of Florida. That it's, it's, it's Florida. Um, bears are one of those animals. And so we can't expect that there are going to be no bears, right? So we're going to have bears. So that means that sometimes we have to take the responsibility to um, keep something that's attracting the animal, like, you know, bears usually go to garbage. That's our biggest attractant. Um, if we could keep that secure, um, away from bears, then most of the time the interactions with humans and bears is just um, an observation. Like I saw one run across the road or there was one up a tree, that sort of thing. And that's not really a conflict. We actually want people to enjoy those, uh, you know, haphazard sightings. But when it comes to bears getting into, you know, pet food, garbage, or, you know, getting into bird seed or bird feeders, now we're actually starting to get closer and closer to this conflict that, um, you know, we really can mitigate by just simply keeping that stuff up and away from bears, and then they won't come in and, and cause problems for us. So that's the key. The other main thing um, is that we really don't want people to feed bears intentionally, right? So if, you, if, if a bear knocks over your garbage can and you recognize that's an you know, unintentional feeding, you just have to then from then on just say, okay, well, we're going to keep our can in the garage or we're going to put it in some sort of a shed or maybe even get a bear resistant can, which Collier County is offering down there now. So there are some bear resistant cans that you could get, but there are other folks that actually intentionally feed bears. Like they're leaving food out for bears or they're hand feeding bears. And what I can tell you is that always ends poorly. Um, you know, either the person is injured in some fashion or almost always this bear uh, is labeled a public safety threat, and then we end up having to kill it. And let me tell you, that is not the fun part of my job, having to kill bears uh, because they become food conditioned and habituated. Is it illegal for people to feed bears? Did I read that? Yes, yes, absolutely. It's against the Florida Administrative Code, so there's a law that says that it's um, illegal to unintentionally and intentionally feed bears. So doing both is actually illegal. So Yes, do not feed bears in the state of Florida. Um, what are their biggest threats in terms of, you know, who is there? Are there animals that predate on them or is it vehicle strikes or things like that? Yeah, vehicle strikes are our number one known cause of mortality. I mean, we're, we're sure that some bears just die of old age, obviously, in the forest. But our known cause of mortality 
is uh, vehicle strikes. And, um, you know, throughout the state, we get a couple hundred bears struck by cars every single year. So that's our known. Now, we do have some, um, you know, uh, illegal killing, you know, a bear person, somebody will shoot a bear, you know, eating it out of their garbage or, you know, coming near their house, that sort of thing. But that actually doesn't occur uh, as often, nearly as often as, um, as vehicle mortality. As you, I'm sure, are aware, there was a bear hunt in Florida back in 2015 just for one year. Is there any movement on maybe that happening again or, or not? Well, you know, we are the fishing and hunting agency for the state of Florida. And, um, uh, you know, we, we do manage, um, you know, hunting seasons. Uh, currently, we don't have a bear hunt. And to my knowledge, we don't have any intentions of opening a bear hunt in the near future. So that may change, you know, sometime down the line, but uh, right now we don't have any intention. Understood. How old do Florida black bears get? You know, what would be considered an old bear in the wild? Yeah, so interestingly, um, when we get bears uh, in hand, you know, we catch them or we find them on the side of the road hit by a car, we will actually pull a premolar tooth. So it's a tooth right behind their big canine tooth. We actually pull that tooth and we send it off to a lab and the lab actually cuts that tooth really fine so you can actually count the rings, the growth rings in the tooth, similar to you, you know, aging a tree, right? So what we know is we've had a couple of bears that show up in our aging process every year. I think there's a female that uh, lived to be just at 22 or just over 22 years old. And uh, we've had uh, a couple of males that are around 15, 16 years old. So. Um, they, they do live a pretty good long time uh, for a large, large uh, mammal. Uh, what should somebody do if they come across a, uh, a bear with cubs while they're out? Should they just watch it and stay away? Is there any need to contact you know, FWC to report bear sightings, things like that? Well, we always welcome any report. So if you've just seen a bear and you want to tell us about it, we're absolutely uh, fine, you know, documenting that. If it's not a conflict where, you know, you don't, you don't feel like this was a negative uh, interaction, you don't necessarily have to report it to us. <clears throat> we know that there are bears on the landscape and we want people to enjoy them. So if you want to tell us about it, great. We'll be happy to uh, document it. Otherwise, um, just enjoy it. Uh, you know, just have a, take a couple pictures. We want people to enjoy bears at a distance. Certainly no selfies, you know, that sort of thing, getting close to an animal, you know, especially like a bear to do that. That's that's just a bad idea all around. But, you know, female bears with cubs generally have, um, you know, the uh, perception that they're more dangerous than other bears. And that is true to some degree that they are more protective of their um, their cubs. than. however, overall, if you encounter a bear in the woods, whether it's a female with cubs, or an adult male, um, your chances of actually being injured by that animal are, are very, very slim. But then again, you also have to, you know, keep your wits about you and, uh, you know, not do anything silly, like I said, like approaching it too close. Um, that would upset the animal, you know, uh, and you may end up getting injured in that case. So. If bears are prowling around, you know, your property because there's been food left out by neighbors or whatever, are they a threat to pets? Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of predation by bears on pets. Now, a female with cubs, again, defending her, her uh, you know, her offspring um, is a little bit more dangerous to, let's say, your small dog than 
you know, uh, than, than other bears. You know, if a, if a small dog runs out and uh, aggressively sort of uh, challenges that bear, good chance that we're going to have a bear dog fight. And, you know, bears are strong and powerful. And uh, sometimes the dogs win, sometimes the bears win. But, you know, that kind of confrontation does happen. Generally, bears aren't seeking that confrontation. It usually uh, happens, you know, serendipitously sort of, or somebody lets the dog out at the wrong time and there's a bear in the garbage, that sort of thing. Um, so, so you're right. The, the attractant generally bears, uh, you know, will, will be drawn to your house by like a garbage can. And if you do have, you know, pets, there's a chance that there's a run-in, you know, with that, with that bear because they're close to your house, you know, not because of your pets, but because of the garbage can or the bird feed or the dog food. I don't know if you know Fort Myers very well, but I live near downtown Fort Myers, which is not near the woods, right along the river. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I live across the street from the river and right across the street from me, like, I don't know, probably, well, I was going to say two years ago was probably six years ago. um, There was a bear suddenly in these people's pool and then it got up in their tree. Mm -hmm. It's it's like right along the river. I mean, we're nowhere near a large expanse of of forest. So I just, that was the first time I ever came across one. Okay, so here's the scenario that is going to happen every single year in Fort Myers. We have an expanding bear population in Big Cypress, right? So females give birth, uh, you know, sometime in February, for, uh, February 1st or so. Well, they keep those cubs for a year and a half. And at that year and a half, she's going to come back into estrus again and try to start that whole reproductive process over. So what she does is she actually has a family unit breakup. She, she actually kicks those cubs out of her, you know, orbit. You know, I mean, they, they, and the males in particular will leave. They'll go 50 miles, you know, in, in a direction just to actually leave. We call that uh, a dispersal event. And what happens is you've got all that going on. Those family unit breakups are going on in Big Cypress, and you can't really go south. Right. So all these bears are going north and Fort Myers is just one of those communities, the cities that's sort of in that trajectory of, you know, going from south to north. And so uh, we even had one cross over the Cape Coral Bridge last year. Hmm. He was actually on the bridge. We have video of that bear like on the bridge. The sheriff's department had it um, and showed it to us. And so these are just young bears, year and a half, two and a half year old bears who are dispersing. And under the cover of darkness, they could pretty much go wherever they want, right? Everybody's asleep and they're moving around. And then here it is, 8 o'clock in the morning, traffic is everywhere and, you know, everybody's moving around and these bears are like, oh, no, what did I get myself into? Um, and then sometimes we have to help them uh, out of those cities. We get it in downtown Orlando two or three times every year, hmm. like at the Amway Center. Hmm. Like these, be- these bears are walking south. Um, dispersing from Ocala, and there's a bear, you know, at the Amway Center, right? You know, so that's it's actually just a natural phenomenon. This isn't a bear that was trying to live there. This is a bear that was dispersing and got caught in a kind of a, you know, bad situation. Yeah, well, I'm glad I asked. Um, are there bears on Sanibel or Captiva? Yeah, so we actually had a, one of those dispersing animals show up on Sanibel. You could probably Google it. Um, but yeah, he spent a year, um, I think just over a year on Sanibel Island. Um, he was kind of a local celebrity. He wasn't really doing anything wrong. I think he got into a beehive one time and then he ended up showing up at the lighthouse 
and just sitting there, like all the all the tourists are, you know, sunbathing and doing whatever. And he just sat there at the lighthouse, um, trying to figure out how to swim back across, you know, the uh, the channel or the causeway. And um, we ended up having to go and and uh, chemically immobilize them and remove them from the island. But generally, we don't have uh, bears living on the barrier islands. Um, before we let you go, I heard an interview that you did with Joe Burns at WMFE in Orlando. And at the end, you said that bear puns are a part of your life, a constant thing every <laughs> single day. Can you leave us with a good bear pun? Well, uh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we get them quite frequently as bear biologists. And, you know, it, it's barely tolerable after, uh, you know, a, a, just a couple. Uh, but, um, you know, we bear with it. Uh, all the time. All right. Well, thanks to our guest, Mike Orlando, who's a bear biologist with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's Bear Management Program. Mike, thank you so much for your time and your bear insights and advice. (laughs) No problem. Thank you so much. You can find links to more BearWise tips and Collier County's program distributing bear-resistant trash containers on our website, wgcu.org gcl. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Tara Calligan and myself. Our director is Richard Chinqui. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is NPR for Southwest Florida, 90.1 WGCU-FM, Fort Myers, Naples, and Port Charlotte, and 91.7 WMKO Marco Island, a member-supported service of Florida Gulf Coast University.